0: TCU has a commit for the 2024 football class, and I think this one's going to stick. We'll talk about it next on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked on Horn Frogs. Hope you and your family are having a good Easter weekend so far. Not sure if you're off on this Good Friday or not, but I uh, hope you get some family time. And uh, if you're a believer, praise the Lord, He has risen. And that's a, that's a great thing to be excited about. Um, this is Locked on Horn Frogs. I feel like I already said that. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can also subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast. And TCU Football has a commitment for the 2024 class. Haas Haney. Quarterback at Alito announced yesterday on Twitter that he has committed to the Frogs. He announced this uh, on his Twitter account and said that it was a dream come true for him to play at TCU. Haney is the son of two former TCU athletes. His dad played football. His uh, mom was a track and field uh, runner at TCU as well. And Haas has great athleticism. Um, He's currently a three-star recruit according to 247 Sports. He stands at 5'11", 185 pounds. Um, and had a huge year to lead it last season on their way to a state championship. Dual threat QB, uh, passed for over two thousand yards. Also rushed for a thousand yards last season, um, and is also on the track team and ran multiple sub eleven second hundred meter times as a sophomore in the spring of twenty twenty two. So has legit track speed. Um, can run the ball, obviously threw the ball really well at Alito last season and took the Bearcats to a state championship uh, back in 2022 with the victory over College Station. I believe that was a 5A D1 um, title that they won. And, of course, Alito wins a lot of those. But this is significant for a number of reasons. You know, we, we've discussed how was uh, I don't know if "struggled" is the right word. They didn't have a commitment for the um, – 2024 class right like uh marcus davila was briefly committed before he decommitted and then ended up at purdue after Garrett riley left um they had struck out on some qbs in the 2023 class in the portal and this is really like aside from josh hoover the first true quarterback recruit that sonny dykes has brought in at ccu which is exciting and um i think there's some dominoes here that have fallen I tell you a few things. One is Mike, Michael Hawkins, who um, is also a QB in the DFW area, a four-star talent at the at the moment rated by two four seven Sports. Uh, he, I imagine, is going to pick Oklahoma now. I believe he announces on Saturday what his commitment's going to be. I think it'll be uh, to the Sooners. And it's not like you can't have more than one QB in the class. Um, But it's pretty rare these days. I mean, unless you're like a a blue blood school that is recruiting at a top 10 level year in and year out, um, typically it's one QB per class. And now they have somebody. They have somebody that they can build this class around. And as they start targeting, you know, some other big time targets, um, specifically in the state of Texas, uh, like Brian Wesco, wide receiver from Midlothian, who is a five-star player like Colin Simmons, the defensive lineman from Duncanville, who everybody in the country wants, and is also a five-star player. Now you have someone who at least you can say, hey, this is what we're trying to do in 2024. Haas can help you you know, sell that. He can help be someone um, who brings that sales pitch to other players and other recruits, and hopefully that gets you some momentum on the trail. Um, It appears that this is a guy that Kendall Bryles really liked, and, you know, as soon as he got on campus, it was a big priority for him to go get um, Haas Henye. And Sonny Dykes, I think he's a really good CEO. He allows um, coaches and players to do what they do best, to do their thing, and he's kind of hands-off that way. Um, and so Kendall Browse came in and immediately went after, you know, Jaden Rashada, that didn't work out, but he goes and gets somebody from the 2024 class that he obviously had targeted and Haas Haney. And congratulations to him and his family, excited that he's going to be a Horn Frog. I think this is going to stick. He was originally committed to Duke, if you didn't know that. He committed to um, Duke and Kevin Johns, the offense coordinator, uh, Mike Elko, the head coach there. And then TCU came in with the offer, Um, He grew up as a TCU fan, and so as that relationship started to build, they were able to get him to flip this commitment. Um, He also got a ton of attention from Baylor, Oklahoma State, uh, and other big-time schools. And I think this is a commitment that's going to stick. You know, he's already been through the recruiting process twice in some ways. Um, He obviously has family ties, has a good relationship, with the coaching staff, you know, barring some unforeseen change, I think this one is going to be a good commitment that sticks around throughout the 2024 cycle. And for Haas, if you're worried about, like, that three-star, you know, rating at the moment, um, I think it's mainly just because of his size, because he stands at 5'11". And so maybe he grows a few inches in the next few years and that changes, or possibly he just puts – more great film up there at Alito in his senior season or at some different camps and they bump them up to a four star, but I wouldn't get super caught up in that. I mean, I think if there's a middle ground. Some people think ratings don't matter at all. I disagree with that. You know, I feel like two, four, seven and on three have done a lot of work through the years to at least earn the respect of, of their evaluations. Um, but I, I think I would, I would always caution people, it's one about fit, and obviously this is a a quarterback that the coaching staff really likes, Garrett Riley, uh, or excuse me, not Garrett Riley, Kendall Browse and Sonny Dykes uh, like Haas, and they're going after him. And also, you look at his offer list, and he's also got some attention from teams like Clemson and Alabama. I mean, he's a player that's gotten attention from a lot of different schools. So it's not like this is some under-the-radar player, who suddenly is blowing up. I mean, TCU and many other um, schools have taken notice of his development over the past few years. So Haas Haney um, committed to TCU for the 2024 class, their first commit of the cycle. Tommy on Twitter was excited about it. Um, He thinks – he just said, very happy with this, love his film, and I'm sure he'll get another star soon. Also went on to say that release, the accuracy, the ability to drop down to the move is as impressive as I've ever seen from a high school kid. Then he takes off and has another year. He isn't the biggest guy, but if he gains a couple inches, everyone will want him. Yeah, you definitely see the speed and athleticism. The ability to move the pocket and throw on the move is really intriguing, and I think that all lines up with what um, Coach Bryles wants to do. You think about the quarterbacks he's had through the years with great athleticism, uh, guys like K.J. Jefferson, the Eric King, even players like, you know, Seth Russell, who I feel like was a little underrated in what he could do with his mobility. You know, he likes guys that can move around and can make things happen, improvise, make things happen on the run. And Haas is someone at the high school level that's shown he can do that and do that very well. So congratulations to him and the family. They are committed to TCU for the 2024 class. When we come back, Bruce Feldman uh, had a really interesting article about Chandler Morris that I want to share some thoughts about. We'll do that next. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk about FanDuel. FanDuel is uh, the official betting partner of the NBA. Also, You know proud sponsor of the locked on network and you can download their safe secure and easy to use app if you want to do that it's easy to navigate which you know anytime you're talking about dealing with money that's the biggest thing can i can i use this do i understand how i'm supposed to use it well yes fanduel makes that easy for you Uh, but also you can go to fanduel.com locked on and take advantage of their no sweat first bet deal and it's no sweat first bet deal You put as little as five dollars down get up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If you're thinking about betting on the Mavericks tonight against the Bulls, I would encourage you to look at the injury report because just about everybody except Luka Doncic is sitting out tonight as it appears the Mavs are waving the white flag even though they are tied with the Thunder for the last play-in spot and they're giving up on their season. But that's another podcast for another day, and this is Lockdown Horn Frogs. We won't dig too much into that, but you can bet money lines. You can just bet straight up against the spread, or you can do prop bets, fan duel, From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I saw this uh, come across my Twitter feed today. Bruce Feldman, who covers college football at the national level for uh, The Athletic, he wrote an article about Chandler Morris, who will be replacing Max Duggan, you know, this season, and there were a few uh, things in this article that caught my attention, and I wanted to share with you. And the first one is it starts in a really curious way. It goes back to um, you know the fall of 2022 when TCU was getting ready to play Baylor in Waco. They were just come off that win against Texas on the road in Waco playing the Bears. Of course, that was a heart stopping victory for the Frogs. And it says, on the eve of its matchup with number 4 TCU in mid-November, the Baylor defensive staff had a curious fear. The Bears weren't afraid of star quarterback Max Duggan, the eventual Heisman Trophy runner-up, who would eaten up every defense in the Big 12, and was the biggest reason why TCU ripped off uh, more 50-yard-plus plays than anyone in college football. No, they were afraid of knocking Duggan out of the game, meaning they'd have to face his backup. That's how much the Bears worried about Chandler Morris. Ron Roberts, a former defense coordinator at Baylor, who's now at Auburn, told The Athletic he much preferred playing Duggan as opposed to Morris, who had torched the Bears in 2021 and probably kept them from earning the college football playoff bid. Morris filling in for an injured Duggan led TCU to a 30-20 upset win by putting up 531 yards of offense with 461 yards passing and 70 yards rushing. Roberts said, Morris just has the savviness, such a good ability to extend plays, didn't put the ball in jeopardy. As a freshman, to be under duress and keep putting the ball on a dime, it was so impressive. He's probably quicker than he is fast, but he reminds me a lot of that Bryce Young kid. He's not very big, but he found open receivers and got them the ball. Isn't that the name of the game? All right, so a lot of high praise there from Ron Roberts. One, just kind of a weird quote, a weird anecdote there. So the Baylor defensive staff, was obviously had their hands full trying to slow down TCU and that offense. But they were really worried about the possibility of facing Chandler Morris. And, you know, Bruce Feldman has an angle here. He's writing about Chandler Morris sipping in this role. He wants to find somebody who's going to say positive things about him. Um, And if you remember, that Baylor defense, like that win against Baylor a few years ago was incredible. It was a big upset. TCU didn't look like they had a pulse. They had just come off that – You know, embarrassing loss on the road to K-State. Geary gets uh, let go. They're limping into this game. And nobody thought they had a shot to win. Baylor's defense was really good that year. I mean, that was a team that went on to win the Sugar Bowl. They won the Big 12. They slowed down Oklahoma State's offense. They slowed down Old Miss's offense. Matt Corral got hurt in that game. But still, they slowed down a lot of really explosive offenses that season. And Chandler Morris tore them up, as Ron Roberts said. I mean, he threw for over 500 yards. Um, had 70 yards rushing, excuse me, 461 yards passing, 70 yards rushing. It's so over 500 yards total offense. And he kept making throw after throw. Uh, and that was just an incredible performance. It's one of the many reasons why people are excited about Chandler in 2023 and what he could do. Um, He went on to go talk about Duggan and the competition. But another fascinating note here is – uh, Feldman goes on to say a really wild thing about TCU's head turning season was that Duggan didn't begin the year as a starting quarterback, which we all know. New TCU coach Sonny Dykes had an open QB competition and said it wasn't even close. Chandler won by a mile. Which Sonny spoke during camp, and he said frequently was close. So maybe he was just fudging there or hedging, trying to keep Chandler and Max engaged. I'll say this. Through the years, we heard and I heard that Max was never the greatest practice player. But when the lights turned on and it was time to compete and go, um, he was the guy. I think it's why he won the job against Alex Delton back in the day, even though he was really limited passing the ball as a freshman. And, you know, it's eventually why he didn't give that job up to Chandler Morris uh, last season is because he's just somebody that made plays and can really do some great things with his athleticism and his legs and does have a big arm and I think grew as a passer this year and grew in pocket presence in some other areas. But it's pretty clear that Chandler was the better player in practice and Sonny said he won this job by a mile, which is kind of crazy to hear him say that. So, I mean, listen – What does all this mean? I still think there's some question marks here. We're not going to know what it looks like until they take the field against Colorado. Um, The half of football that we saw with Chandler at the helm last season was not great. Of course, that was a season opener. I'm sure there were a lot of jitters, new coaching staff, a lot of circumstances outside of his control that led to that performance. But we did see him at his best against Baylor a few years ago. And the accuracy, the ability to fit the ball in tight windows, to step up and make throws when he got hit, was super impressive. There are weapons here. And it's why I've said, I think this offense can be really good this season. But it's going to come down to, can this offense fly protect? Do these skilled players live up to the potential that they have? And can Chandler, you know, quarterback this offense at a high level? And it remains to be seen. But some really high praise from – ron roberts that baylor coaching staff and uh yeah it was just interesting to hear that so that's bruce feldman at the athletic if you want to check that story out um their stuff is behind the paywall but if you have a subscription then you can read that and they usually have some pretty good deals that you can sign up for easily um and, and cheaply and maybe you can take a look at that when we come back we'll wrap things up and talk some cc baseball we'll do that next TCU Baseball drops a 7-6 decision to Oklahoma State on uh, Thursday. Two more games against the Pokes tonight and tomorrow. Late start tonight, 8 p.m., and the game, again, on Saturday at 4 p.m. Frustrating loss for TCU Baseball again. Chase Hoover got the start in place of Ryan Vander High and didn't have um, the best performance. Got some strikeouts, missed some bats, but also gave up a lot of home runs. Oklahoma State hit two home runs in the first to take an early 2-0 lead. TCU actually came back and tied the game at 2-2, but then the second inning hit two more home runs. um, That ended up giving them a 5-2 lead, and then TCU was fighting back um, after that. Chase Hoover went four innings, seven hits, seven runs, four walks, six strikeouts, um, and, yeah, gave up a lot of balls over the fence. Ryan Vanderhuy came in in relief and pitched three innings a scoreless ball, walked a few guys, but overall did a nice job. Another encouraging sign, Ripper Ridings came in and had two pretty clean innings before giving way to Hunter Hodges, who was one of their offseason additions in the transfer portal that made his first appearance last night. So he's healthy, which is a big deal. But, um, again, I, just, I don't always get the pitching management with Kirk. It really felt like Chase didn't have his best stuff. He was struggling. Maybe go to Vander High a little earlier so you're not down seven to three. You know, at, at one point in that game, Frogs battled back. But the situational hitting is still a problem. Um, team just struggling, you know, not finding ways to win games, and it's frustrating to watch. We'll see, though, if they can bounce back and win this series starting tonight against <laughs> Oklahoma State again that game at 8 o'clock. My dog's barking. One of my kids is crying, so I'm going to wrap this up. This is Lockdown horn Frogs. It's your team.